Hello, and welcome to another podcast of The Practical Medium, and I am Michelle, your Practical Medium. I have the mental space this week to be able to do two podcasts in one week, and um, let me explain for a second. I am not a working medium in that I have lots of clients who are coming to me on a daily and weekly basis uh, to ask me to help them reconnect with their loved one. I have plenty of time for that, but I have to make a living being a content writer, and that leaves me with less time to keep up with regular podcasts and fix my frickin' blog, <laughs> which I really need to get to, but I'm the only person doing it. So it's uh, it's stuff that's on my mind, and I tell you this by way of explanation, because it's, uh, by the way, it's May 16th when I'm doing this, so if it's after May 16th when you're listening, and I still haven't changed the blog, well, you know why. Anyway, um, so what I am here to talk about is something I mentioned in the last podcast, and that is what I call dead filing a home. Now, if you have never watched the TV show The Dead Files, it's uh, worth watching a handful of episodes, even if it doesn't grab you, but watch more than one to get a feel for what they do and how they work it. And the basic idea of The Dead Files, it's a team of investigators. One's a psychic medium. The other one's a retired homicide detective. And it's Amy Allen and Steve Deshavi, who uh, go to, to a client's home, and both of them perform separate investigations and meet up at the end to compare their notes. And every episode, it's um, there are some misses because the, the information doesn't always land the way it should. But for the most part, it's on the money with everything that's done. That's uh, rather Amy picks everything up that is on the money with the people who the, what they're experiencing, what is going on in their house, who's there, what kind of stuff is going on around the house, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I can do something like that as well, and I don't know, I couldn't tell you if this is something that is a psychic medium specialty, that not all mediums do this, or every medium is capable of this. I really couldn't tell you. I just know that when I'm talking to somebody about their house, and it, just even in general daily conversation, I can actually see inside their house in terms of, and this is, is some people call this remote viewing, I always thought this was my imagination until I started actually arriving at their homes and seeing that I was about 75% on the money where I thought everything would be in their house. So that's kind of weird and unusual and didn't make sense until I was um, an adult and really realizing what I was experiencing. So to this day, somebody can tell me about their house, give me a general description of it, and I'll be just like, oh yeah, okay, but I don't tell them, is it over here, is it over there, or what's what what? unless they know I'm a psychic medium and that I do this stuff, because it's just really weird. So on to that, um, I'm going to get a little more in-depth about this, because um, what she does is, again, is the same as I do, but I can do it remotely. I can sit in my chair here in my apartment in Chicago, and you can be all the way across the country from me, and I can get an idea of the exterior of your home, the interior of your home, and who's in it? I know I'm not the kind of person to say, I know everything about you. That's not my that's not my thing. I'm about privacy. But this, somebody is relaying to me what the house looks like and who's in it that normal people cannot see. And I've done this many times. I've done it with somebody, a few people on Reddit actually, in uh, one of the subreddits. Um, did it for um, people who came to me wondering what the hell's up. And even one of my mentors, and this is the funny part, 
when I would talk to her about her husband's house out in the suburbs, um, I would see this house from a remove, like it was down the hill. And I would see a standard Midwestern part two, partial two-story home in a light blue color. Well, when I finally went out to the house, I saw the wrong, I was always seeing the wrong house. I was actually seeing the house next door to his because his house is so protected by spirit that my scrying, not, and I don't do this intentionally, it just happens that my, my peeking in was caught by the spiritual uh, security system and knocked over to the house next door. So when I realized that, I said, oh my God, what the hell? What's going on here? So this is really real to me. This is my life. This is, you know, there are lots of smacks upside the head. So on that note, I'm going to get a little more into the meat of what happens when you, you, theoretically you, were to call me and say, hey, I've got this crazy ass stuff going on in my, my house, my apartment, whatever. And I don't know what it is. And it's not normal. I've debunked it. I've tried to see if things move by themselves because there's a slant in the house. There's, you know, something's not level and there's no logical explanation for it. So I will just go, okay, you don't have to give me details. I'll just sit here and I can see who's in the house. So I just sit and I just let my mind open up and I visualize. Uh, I don't even, you know, if you tell me, so I'm going to actually throw it on you for a moment, listener. When somebody describes that they have a hallway with bedrooms or they have a house with bedrooms, usually you have a hallway outside of those bedrooms and a bunch of boxes with doors that are the rooms because that's your standard layout. What I can tell you is that the home, the bedrooms are on the first floor and the second floor. If you have a split arrangement where some bedrooms are on the first floor and the second floor, I can tell if it's in a basement and I can tell what's in your basement if there's nothing there except for maybe a laundry um, setup and something else. Now you can say, oh, most houses have that. You're just making that shit up. Well, it's when I get to the details that will blow your mind a little bit. I don't always tune into details, but sometimes I can't ignore them. And I have to point them out and say, okay, I'm seeing this. And then I get to the fact of, ne of what comes next of what I am seeing. Now, in some cases, and I'm going to bring up this one, this one um, building home that I dead filed for somebody um, on Reddit. And uh, the person in question was part of the, uh, was, I guess, I'm, to protect him, I'm just going to call him an upstanding member of the community. And he um, was bothered by this house and thought something evil was after him every time he went out there to check it out. And he gave more details. Well, let's put it this way. It's an abandoned farmhouse. There's been nobody on the property for probably about anywhere between 10 and 20 years. And without seeing anything about this house, without apart from the external pictures, I had really no idea of the internal layout of the house, apart from looking at the pictures. I could tell that this crusty old farmer is sitting in his old lounge chair from the, you know probably the 1960s or 70s. That um, what he looked like, um, how he uh, did not care for this asshole that has moved into the house. Those are his words to me, and that he wanted you know if uh, he didn't care for people coming out to check the property, but he wasn't the actual person who was messing with the living coming through. 
there's this asshole who shows up to my internal vision as um, he I will not pierce through the, the veil because it's not ever been human but it, it looks like a, just a big lump a f big furry lump that you would see out of a children's book this thing is able to affect the physical world just enough to mess with people that come through it can pound on walls it can slam doors it can make noises and it can scare the living shit out of somebody Meanwhile, the farmer, who was somebody who liked to be left alone in life, is still living in this house because nobody's in the house except him. And uh, he's just like, I don't, I, I'd love for this guy to be gone, but I can't get rid of him. It's not my job in this situation to get rid of this farmer's unwanted guest. He has to do it himself or somebody has to come approach me to get rid of it. And I highly doubt considering the situation of the property and its disp current disposition that's ever going to happen. So in the meantime, this upstanding member of the community, this, this, the living person, um, had, was, knew he was going to go back out there and check on the property again. So I told him, and I gave him the, the explicit detail that the farmer wants, a pack of cigarettes. And he says, it doesn't matter what you do with them, just bring me the cigarettes. And there were specific instructions from me, from from this guy to me, about where to go to buy them. I described this location, which actually turned out to, which I thought was an old convenience store, but it was actually a gas station. He was supposed to buy the cheapest cigarettes, and he was supposed to leave them on the counter by the door. I don't know what the inside of this place looks like. Period. Although I could tell you, I actually knew where the physical location of this house was in a general vicinity. But I wasn't about to also let that information out of the bag because that's not cool. And I'm not going to do it here. So the, this person goes and buys the cigarettes. And he did as I asked him to. I said, or asked him, or rather the farmer asked him to. And he bought the cheapest cigarettes possible because this farmer was just so cheap. He would buy the, you know, in his era, the, the 50 cent packet of cigarettes because he just wanted the nicotine. He didn't care about quality. So... You know, the guy got the, got the cigarettes, brought him in, and put him where he was told. And the energy from the farmer changed. So I said, you know, it was an offering. And the farmer wanted to make sure that this living person came in there with good intentions and that the cigarettes were the sign of that, that he would go out and do what he was asked, bring back the cigarettes, the cheapest ones possible that he could find, buy them from this location which was near the house, and uh, bring him. And strangely enough, that's all that was needed. This, um, so now here's the thing. That doesn't take care of the asshole in the house. The farmer's fine with this guy coming back and forth to check on the house. Uh, this guy's not a caretaker, by the way. He just happens to be in the uh, job of looking in on the house. Now, he's gone and checked, walked around the house after, after the cigarettes were played out. And he and a friend got the living shit scared out of him by the asshole living in the house. So, again, if I were asked by family or somebody to remove that the, the unwanted guest, I would be doing it. I'm not. So it's kind of, of um, and I hate to sound blunt here, but it is, not my monkeys, not my circus. So it's like, if I'm asked, I'll do something. But if not, that's their mishigash. I'm not about to step in the middle of it. So, the, um, this, the, the living person, I have not seen an update from them since, 
but it is was an interesting thing to see how I could not only locate the geographical lo area of where this house was, describe the farmer and give the guy a general age which matched the ownership records of the property and um, figure out that a picture that a, a picture of an older an older like I don't know probably 1900s photograph who she was in relation to the farmer and I'm not anywhere near this house I'm hundreds of miles away it would take me hours just to reach this house and I bet you anything I wouldn't know how to find it if I got there so I'm not sitting here trying to figure out where this house is. I can just see inside of it and see who's living there, see what's going on, and know the attitudes of the people living in the house. Kind of funky. And a little more information, you know, personal information about these people. And pass on the message, hey, bring me this in tribute and I will leave you alone. <laughs> and I'm not doing anything other than playing around on the internet. Uh, you know, it's weird. So that's a version of what um, they do on the dead files. And I'm, but in my case, in this case, actually, I was not asked to um, close, you know, clean the house or release what's there. I can do that, by the way. It's another interesting thing. So um, there's another house that uh, somebody came to me on Reddit, another person, living person, who was having troubles in the house. And I uh, actually had to go and get help from... Uh, people who were stronger than I at the time and give them um, a prescriptive if you were if you will to release this character from the house but it wasn't it wasn't the only visitor in the house so the previous owner decided that he wasn't gonna leave this house he was gonna protect the living daylights out of it and make miserable for the people that were living there so he did not go quietly but again, he finally was convinced to leave, and he was convinced to leave with what I call prejudice. And if you're ever familiar with the legal term of a case being dismissed with prejudice, that means this case can never be bought before a court again, and specifically in civil, civil suits. But if a judge has decided that there is no way this case can proceed with the uh, conditions it is currently under, and that the topic will not be served well by the courts, it gets dismissed with prejudice. So we had to basically get this former owner out and make sure that he was dismissed with prejudice so he could not come back. And so far, so good. So uh, I, I, don't, I highly doubt he will because of the conditions he was removed under. But um, he's, you know, he was not a happy man and he was not going to make other people happy because the, uh, the dead still hold on to their properties here physically. They don't like what's on the other side. They don't like going over there. Maybe their house that they think belongs to them has been taken by somebody else who lived there before, which does sometimes happen. Or they're just rejecting death and they don't want to carry, they don't want to hang out on the other side. They want to stay here and hold on to everything they built. And that's, um, that's something that's very legitimate. I mean, the, the um, it happens. And I, th I just get this feeling that these in this current era that we live in, in 2019, a lot of these people who have amassed, the one the one percenters that have amassed all of this wealth that they will never use in their lifetime, but are so greedy and they want to amass more, they are not going to rest peacefully in this sense because they are not going to want to let go of anything they let, that they accumulated here, even though it does not matter on the other side. Is there an economy on the other side? Yes, but it's not the same. And... Um, <clears throat> the, the ways that they made money here do not apply there. And they might want to try to hang on to um, 
what they think is rightfully theirs, even though it's no longer theirs to hold on to. So that remains to be seen. It's off in the future. It's just a feeling I have that might that there might be an increase of hauntings in these both these locations because they don't want to let go of their uh, their greed. But um, you know, so those are some a couple of examples, and I'll give another one. Um, there was somebody who lived in what was a previous New York tenement building. Now, of course, everything in New York uh, City, excuse me, New York City tenement building. Lots of places that were once tenement buildings have been fixed up and gussied up so that they can get thousands and thousands of dollars of rent out of it. So they don't look anything like they did over a hundred years ago when they were for the working poor. And uh, this is relevant. I'm not trying to be classist here. This is just relevant. So a modern day person, is this is a Reddit thing again, is posting on Reddit about hearing coins clinking in their apartment at night and when all the sound when all the daily life sounds are gone and there was something else that made them wonder who the hell is living there with them and um so i for grins and giggles i tuned in and i was immediately drawn to a third party view so like a camera point of view to um you know a 30 something woman sitting on the bed of the era which you know if you've ever seen old movies the beds have the those pipe headboards and um, footrests, footboards, the pipe style or the, the, I'm not sure, I can't remember what they're called, but she's got that. It's not in the best of condition. Her mattress is kind of sinking under her because it's old and used and uh, it's not the best shape again. And uh, she's wearing a, a white dress from the Edwardian era. Her hair's up in a bun and she's counting her coins. So she's... When I was able to, when she let me peek around her shoulder a little bit, because she was actually holding me back, um, she showed me that she worked in the service industry as like a waitress or something like that, because I saw her bringing food to a table. Um, she um, was showing me that she earned tips, and every penny she earned was precious to her, and she was counting out at the end of the night to make sure she had money to pay bills which is nothing that's we it's we all have those days it's something we do she's just working poor she needed to make sure she was secure and she was counting her coins and she does this every night in this apartment now this person described the layout of the apartment i think they even put a picture up looked nothing like what i was seeing i mean if i were to do compare layout in terms of the exterior walls and the square footage it would be identical but with her, I'm seeing dinginess, I'm seeing ratty shades, I'm seeing uh, a partial wall where there is none now. I'm seeing, um, you know, I'm seeing a wardrobe where her clothes are hanging. And uh, the, the floor is, uh, is bare wood. It's not even, it's not, it wasn't even shellacked. Um, if it was, it was worn away. And uh, it was very dingy, nasty, filthy lodgings, even though she did her best to clean. She couldn't. She had to work. She had, couldn't keep it as clean as she wanted to. So I'm getting all of this information within a minute of me reading this post and tuning in. All of this floods into my head. And it turns out that she's still living in the space. She has not moved to the other side to live in that space over there because she, as much as it was miserable, loved living in this space. And from her point of view, it has not changed since she's actually physically passed. 
And I, you know, she probably passed in the 1950s, if I were to really think about it. So she was living in her, you know, the one space that was her pride and joy. It, she, when she left home, wherever she left home from, and she survived on her own, and she did fine until she married. So she went back there. Damn being with whatever family she had. Damn being with her husband. I don't think she had children because I never got a feeling of that from her in the future. She wanted to be back in this little itty-bitty tenement apartment, which is now today a studio apartment, uh, and, um, you know, and live that life again because it was most special to her. Now, why she's not doing that on the other side and why she's not doing that with the people she loves, I don't know. I don't judge. I just know this is what she's telling me at that moment in time. So... I was able to come back to the person who was freaking out that they had a ghost in their apartment and I said, she's living with you. I know it's strange, but she means you no harm. She does not have any interest in making your lives miserable. It's just sharing the space in different time periods. Now how that is possible, don't ask me. I just know it is because this is what I'm told and this is what I see and these are not movies being replayed out in my head, even though I am looking at it from kind of a, a third point, third party point of view as a camera. Sometimes my views are higher, sometimes I'm on the floor, and I think that also happens to the other side when they're, somebody's not, or somebody who's not, sans body, they have different points of view. They can be high, they can be low, they can be wherever. So it's the same for me, it's a reverse, except I'm just astral traveling, as it were, in time. So she's, um, she gave them no trouble. She had no intention of giving them trouble. She liked the people that were living in the space, and she's been there for a very long time, for decades, and she's seen people come and go, and um, nobody's bothered her. She won't bother them. They just have to occasionally hear the coins clinking. You know, if... Now, I'm, I'm going to stop for a second here, and I'm going to say flatly, I cannot make this shit up if I tried. I cannot write novels based on a few lines. I do not have this kind of imagination. I never have, actually. Um, I've never, I, all I can, that, I think that part of my head got shut off long, long time ago as a child when I just was going through abuse situation after abuse situation and neglect and stuff like that. Now, neglect, not, I'm not talking about where I was left to starve and fend for myself. I was, in a sense, comfortable, but there was still a lot of emotional neglect going on. So um, I would not, you know, fairy tale worlds did not help me. They didn't make me feel better. They didn't take me away what was going on. What did take me away was leaving my body. And leaving my body meant going somewhere else and not and letting my body take the brunt of the shit while my consciousness was elsewhere and uh, not dealing with what was being delivered to me. So... That's, um, that's something that's very common in abuse and uh, people that have gone through trauma, abuse survivors, etc., etc. It's not something that's unique to me. So I either have been cut off by my imagination or I just don't have a very active one because, I'm, because autism and imaginations don't really always work that well because part of your head's going, it's like, well, that's bullshit. What the hell are you thinking that for? Get your ass back into reality because we're always fighting to be in reality. So I don't know. There's just no way I can make any of this stuff up when it comes down to. And all this information is delivered to me literally in what I feel is like a download. At, fast, at the fastest internet speeds possible, and even faster, all of a sudden it just lands in my head. 
I can pull out all this detail and I can spit it out as fast as I can as, as it loads into my head. And, you know, I can write out all the scenario without telling you, without pausing with, uh, apart from going and checking for details. So back to the, the house stuff. This is what happens when I look into a house. I see the location of this character. I see the location of the, the living, actually, in relation to them, or what these people, what the undead are doing, undead is in spirit people, are doing to the living. Um, I can see anger, I can see joy, I can see laughter, I can see all this stuff, all these attitudes coming from the spirit person. I can see the terror of the living. And I'll be, I'll come down and say it, I don't care when the undead screw with the living. Because that's not their right. That is not what they're supposed to be doing. And the living have every right to exist in their homes in peace. They shouldn't be disrupted by a force that they cannot comprehend, that they cannot deal with, and that they did not agree to live with. It's a, it's a violation of free will, basically. Now, you do have cases where you have decent roommates that are ghosts, and people get along just fine, and there's no problems. And you do, and then you have situations like the assholes I've talked about, and what you've what you'll see on the dead files if you have not watched it, and you, or you have seen if you have watched it. You know, and then one thing about the dead files, they are going to come across a lot of garbage because they are called in for extreme cases. People, there's a, and a lot of people out there are experiencing this stuff, and the show goes into much more detail about why these things happen. Um, how they're there, what is there, because she's, that's her job. She has to sit there and really dial this in, so she brings out all this information and explains why, like, the, the land has been stained by, uh, by Native American wars, or there was a murder here, or she explains all this stuff. Sometimes that is the cause of a haunting and a violent haunting. Sometimes, like I've talked about with the, uh, the farmer, it's somebody who doesn't want to leave. And again, with the, with the former owner of a house, they don't want to leave. And unfortunately, they have to. But they're not going to leave because the living don't know how to make them leave because they don't have the sensitivity like I do or another psychic medium who does this stuff and can dial in, get an idea of what is going to weaken them and make them go away. So that's just one of the things that um, is one of the weird things about being a medium, I guess you could say. Not that this isn't weird, and I know I keep saying that, but one of these days I'll actually stop saying it and you'll be wondering, like, what's wrong with her? She ain't saying it's weird anymore. But uh, anyway, so that is how I can see into a home, tell you if something's in there, and what you're going to need to do to make it go away. Now, on my end, I do perform not rituals, but I do perform a thing um, where I break the bond between the thing that is there and it's uh, and the house or whoever they have decided to attach themselves to. I work on that. I send that, and, and it's a process called sending them home or sealing the house, depending on what's needed. Sometimes religion needs to be brought in, so a, a member of um, the, the clergy of whatever religion may be, they, they know this is part of their job. They know to come in, what to do, and how to move somebody on. Sometimes it's beyond religion. Sometimes it's just something simple. And it's a little imp, which I have run across as well. 
and the imp was lost and got separated or got called in by somebody making doing something they shouldn't have been and um you know or was brought in by accident there's any number of reasons for these things to land in your house and 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 be adverse to the people living there so that's you know it, it's it is what it is and my job if i'm ever called to do it which sometimes i do is to make sure to, to send this thing home close the door on them tell you what to do to close the door on them and make sure that they ain't ever coming back and how to make sure that the situation doesn't happen again where something gets called in by accident or finds the house to be a tasty meal of energy and it's going to stick around for a while. Yeah. Again, it's complex. There's a lot of reasons for it. But um, it's just one of the weirder talents I have. <laughs> and uh, I'm sharing it with you just to let you know that being a psychic medium isn't just about talking with the dead and relaying information that uh, I have no business knowing. I'm also here to help people cross over to the other side if they're stuck and they're afraid. Uh, not st and I, I use the stu word stuck because there's another way to put it, but people stick themselves here. And that should be another topic on its own about people who are on this, uh, who are dead but won't cross over. So that actually, now that I'm saying that, I will make that the next topic. But I will cross people over. I will cleanse houses and give instruction on how to further cleanse a house. I will work from remote and I don't have to be on site. Although if I needed to be on site, I will because it gives somebody the, the feeling of something being done. And uh, who else knows what I'll be winding up doing in, in the future. But those are just being a medium again is more than just talking to the dead. It's an interesting calling. And it's one that when you start, when you, when you, when you really get into it, you just can't ignore it because when the living need help, you go and help them because they are unprotected. They don't know what I know as a medium. And it makes me feel better knowing that I've helped somebody live their life free of interference from things that do not wish them good. So on that note, I will close out. And uh, again, I am going to make the next episode about stuck spirits and why I use the word stuck in quotes. And maybe hopefully put some things to rest for people who are concerned about loved ones being stuck from, for any number of reasons. And how, in, in that episode, I will address how the living can help their family members if they feel they are stuck. So on that note, I wish you pleasant journeys, stay in good health, and uh, safety, and good fortune. Until next time.